0: we look at logical landing spots for the Baltimore Ravens top 2024 free agents. All that and more on a bonus episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host Kevin Ostreicher, Ravens Wire. We're here with you on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for tuning in, making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every day. We're free and available all podcasting platforms that includes video form on YouTube, where you can hit that subscribe button, hit that like button as well, or an audio form wherever you get your shows. Hit that follow button, subscribe button over there. Also. We're back. It is a bonus episode on Friday. Of course, we did our 6 a.m. episode with Rocco DeSanger. That is already out, but we're doing another episode today, bonus style, because we're changing up on the back end how we put out our podcast as a network. And the results of that is we're not gonna have access to upload on Monday until about 12 p.m. ish Eastern time. So if you don't know, if you're new here to Lockdown Ravens, we put out our content at six a.m. So I'm doing an extra episode here on Friday. We're still going to have the Monday episode, but it'll be out on YouTube at 6 a.m., so it'll be the normal posting schedule, YouTube 6 a.m., and then in audio form, it will be out around 12 p.m., 1 p.m. Eastern time. So... If you like the other Ravens content, we're here for you five days a week, plus bonus content like this. We do live shows after every single Ravens game, which aren't going to happen for a while. But we also do live shows after every single Ravens big move. So every piece of Ravens big news we have you covered over there, news analysis updates. Tell the friends, tell the family member. I appreciate all the support I've gotten here on the show for sure. Today we're going to be talking about some logical landing spots for the Ravens free agents. Now this includes the Ravens. I'm not going to just try to send everybody out of Baltimore and say, Oh, well you go here and you go there and the Ravens get nobody. The Ravens are also going to be involved in this conversation, but in terms of best fits and where guys could actually land in free agency, I I did want to just talk about that. So we will do offensive guys. We'll do defensive guys. Won't touch on like literally every single free agent, but we're obviously going to get into the big ones and talk about who could go where, who could stay, who could go. And I know it's, it's a, conversation that I think has to be had. So we'll, we'll go offense in the in the first segment, we'll go defense in the second segment, and then we'll kind of round it out with how I guess how different I'll say the Ravens team could look, but why it's not necessarily a, a total doomsday scenario for them even though they are going to lose some talent this offseason and I think that's that's guaranteed. But it's it's not like oh well the Ravens have no shot so we're gonna get into all of that here let's start with the offensive side of the ball I know the defensive side has more I guess big ticket free agents but it's not like the offensive side of the ball doesn't have no talent they have talent for sure I think when you talk about I mean we can just start with Odell I think that's kind of the <laughs> that's kind of what everybody's talking about right now with Odell Beckham. For him, I think that a logical landing spot is still with the Ravens. I don't. I don't think the door has closed on Odell coming back to the Ravens. But I also think Odell. I mean, look, he he wants to win. Now Baltimore does give him that opportunity. I know Spotrac has him at about twelve million dollars for a one-year contract. I know that's a little, it's a li- little steep in my opinion. But I could see him going to another contender. Right, Kansas City is one that I could actually see him going to if if they don't have the money to spend on a Mike Evans or the money to spend on you know, uh, uh Michael Pittman Jr. Or one of those top free agent receivers. Cause I know they're probably going to try to go get one, but they have to resign guys like Chris Jones, and various need. They're probably not going to have all this money to go out there and give a long, big contract like that to somebody. So could you bring Odell in if you're Kansas city on a, on a incentive latent contract, Buffalo could be another option. Gabe Davis is a free agent. I could see him going there. So there are a couple teams. I don't, I don't think Odell is going to go to a rebuilding situation. I know there was also interest from the jets with Aaron Rodgers coming back, maybe that's an option. I know the Jets with Garrett Wilson, Odell would probably fill in there. Maybe they'd add somebody else. So Odell definitely does like there. There is a shot he comes back to the Ravens. I'm, I'm not saying that all of a sudden you know that that door shuts, but it's going to have to be at less, at, at a lot less honestly than his contract actually was this past season, which obviously was an 18 million dollar contract with 15 guaranteed. Now Kevin Zeitler. The likelihood of him staying in Baltimore goes down. I mean, I still think his best fit is with the Ravens, but there are questions about, oh, are there, are there injury concerns? Is, is there a notion that the Ravens want to get more athletic and younger on their offensive line? But Zeitler is as consistent as ever. I just I can't see him anywhere outside of Baltimore. I mean, he would be a plug-and-play player anywhere. Like, you, you could go down a handful of teams and say, all right, this team needs a right guard, Kevin Zeitler is your guy like like he is that type of a player but i just i don't i just i can't i can't see him anywhere other than baltimore now i don't know if he actually stays or not but if we're talking from a, a logical perspective Zeidler loves the ravens he has kind of found a home here after bouncing around from a couple teams not that he wasn't good but you know he, he's found a home Seems like he really is interested. And I think the Ravens should be interested as well, but maybe it was just a money situation and they'll get it done. But regardless of if they do get it done or not, he'll have a four around $4.4 4 million dead cap hit. That is set in stone because of Monday's deadline. Then you have another player. Well, you know, the, the position itself and running back Gus Edwards, JK Dobbins and Dalvin cook. I think Gus, you could bring him back. If you're the Ravens, you know, I, I don't think that door is closed. I mean, he's a good depth running back at this point, you know, is he going to be a bell cow? No. I mean, he never really has been a quote unquote bell cow at any point in his career. I mean, he had, I believe 196 carries last year. I think that, no, 198, excuse me. That was by far the most in his career. And I think, again, that's because JK goes down and Keaton goes down. So he was asked to do a lot, but you know, you, you can plug and play him. if you, if your team needs like a solid number to like a, Top of the league number two running back. Like Gus Edwards would be the top number two running back in the league. Gus Edwards is so underrated. I mean, he is. He could start for a lot of different teams. Like, let's say Saquon leaves the Giants. Gus Edwards could go to New York for a season maybe. Maybe he could play, you know, the, the one beat of Christian McCaffrey, although McCaffrey is very up there as, like, a top option running back. But regardless, right, Tennessee loses Derrick Henry. Maybe he goes there for opportunity. So there are options there for him. J.K., I just... I would love JK back in Baltimore. I would love Gus back too, but I just feel like that door is closed personally. I, I don't I don't really see, I don't see a, a path. Maybe there is one where it's a one-year prove-it deal and, and Dobbins comes back and, and, and the Ravens and him give one more shot, but I don't really know. I don't. I, I also could see Gus Edwards in Los Angeles with the Chargers. I don't see JK going there because of Greg Roman. I just, after what happened at the end of that playoff game, when he was very vocal about not getting the ball, I just, I don't think he'd want to go there. I think some of the other spots that, you know, I, I talked about with with Edwards, I could see J.K. Dobbins there. I mean, there are other interesting options as well. Like, you know, what goes on in uh, a place like Chicago? Do they feel like, uh, do they feel like Rashawn Johnson is the guy there? Do they maybe want to have another? Do they want to add somebody else in there? Does he go and, and follow a guy? Like, uh, I don't know, Is he does he play second fiddle to... Alvin Kamara in New Orleans. Is that something? I, I don't know. Did Jamal Williams sign a multi-year contract? I don't remember if he did or not. If Jamal Williams is under contract, that's not an option. But, again, JK is somebody you can bring in on a one-year it deal, and if he's healthy, he's probably – I mean, I don't think he's necessarily the same player he was since the injury, but I still think he can be a very, very good running back. I just I just unfortunately don't think it's going to be with the Ravens. I mean, Dalvin Cook, I could honestly see it. I feel like D- Dalvin Cook might be the guy who has the most – has the best shot of coming back to the Ravens, even though such such a weird sighting considering what his role was in the playoffs and kind of how hyped up it was. But can't do anything about that anymore. Tyler Huntley, I don't think his future is with the Ravens. He's 26 now. He has, you know, proven that he at least deserves a shot to compete to be a starter in the NFL. Obviously, it's not going to be in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. I mean, I could see him going to a couple of places, but I do think it has to be an opportunity for him to go and start. Is Daniel Jones ready for... You know the start of the 2024 season. Could he go there and maybe be the the guy there? In I don't even know where where are other places that maybe need a need a shot in the arm at quarterback. I'm trying to think off the top of my head here. I I mean that there are places. I I just <laughs> I just can't think of any right now. If it, if Atlanta doesn't trade for Justin Fields, right? Atlanta's in a in a situation right now where if they don't bring in a quarterback, I think they would be foolish not to. But if they don't bring in a quarterback maybe Tyler Huntley can go and be the guy in Atlanta. So a place where he has an opportunity to compete for a starting job. I think John Simpson, honestly, I would bring John Simpson back as a backup. I probably wouldn't start him next season, but as a backup, I'd be totally fine with that. Devin DuVernay, I mean, as a returner, he definitely saw a decrease last season, that, you know, earned the right to call himself one of the best returners in the NFL, but I think maybe he goes elsewhere. So offensively, it's, it's not like a ton of guys are – Free agents, but there are still some quality guys in that room. Coming up, we're gonna get into the nitty-gritty, the defensive side of the ball. Where are some logical landing spots for those players? Stay tuned a lot to get to unlocked on Ravens. First, this episode is brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver who likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends in Nissan have lined up lineup has use the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. You have class exclusive Google built-in as you're always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Guard laser connecting your phone, Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store, are built right at a 12.3 inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. And Nissan's incredible lineup also includes 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. It has room for up to date and expansive cargo capacity and advanced available four by four capability so take nissan rogue nissan pathfinder or nissan armada and go find your next big adventure shot nissanusa.com we're back our second segment of locked on ravens kevin Olshark is still talking with you here bonus episode on friday really appreciate everybody tuning in making locked rooms your first each and every day whether you are in every day or listen every single day if it's your first time in the show welcome in and if you're somewhere in the middle welcome back to the show Now, we talked about offense in the first part of the show, but obviously there are, I think, higher-priced free agents, I'll call them, on the defensive side of the ball. And I think the number one guy we got to talk about is Justin Matabike. Now, it would be, I've said, malpractice if they let Justin Matabike walk out of that door. Career-high 13 sacks, did it at a great time in a contract year. you got to give credit to Matabike and what he was able to do for the Ravens. And, and look, he, he bet on himself, right? There there were all these rumors about, you know, could he be signed to a contract extension like a Project Washington, but he bet on himself and, and it paid off for him. Now, I saw there was a, there was an article and I, I forget who that I think it was Matt Bowen of ESPN. And he put Justin Matibike's best team fit is the Cincinnati Bengals. And I, uh, I was, I was disgusted. Uh, imagining Lou, and we talked about this with Rocker December today earlier in our 6 a.m. Episode, And he said, you know, imagine Justin Matapique leaving just in itself is devastating, right? But imagining him in Cincinnati, one of the Ravens rivals here, the AFC North divisional rival, they're going to be competing for some things over these next couple of years. I feel like that would just be the gut punch, absolute gut punch. So look, to me, again, I just can't see him leaving Baltimore. I can't, I can't, I just, I don't think the Ravens would do it. Interior pass rush is so hard to find. It's so valuable. I think that the most logical landing spot for Matabike is in Baltimore. I mean, if you if you let him go, you have such a big hole in your defensive line. I mean, he just he fills that so nicely. So for me, I think that Matabike's spot is in Baltimore. I'd be shocked if he goes anywhere else. For Patrick Queen, again, I think that it was not a smart decision to decline the fifth-year option because of what we saw from him last year, but obviously took it to another level this season. He's gonna get paid. Doesn't feel like he's going to be back with the Ravens. It's just, again, they paid Rokos, spent $100 million. Can you justify paying two inside linebackers, whether it'll be, whether Queen gets 65 total, 85, 100 million total. It's a lot of money to pay two inside linebackers. So I think obviously the connection everybody is making is the Seattle Seahawks with Mike McDonald. I will probably go that way as well and say that's a pretty logical landing spot for him. Now, Seattle does have Jordan Brooks who was actually taken one pick before Patrick Queen in the 2020 draft. And they're both similar-ish players. Brooks and Queen are both super athletic, sideline-to-sideline speed, and have ascended pretty nicely over the last couple of seasons. And I know some Seattle fans are saying, well, Jordan Brooks is going to cost less than Patrick Queen. Just go and and keep him. He's familiar with the system, or at least, you know, he's familiar with the organization. The system is going to be different with Mike McDonald." Patrick Queen's familiar with the system. But still, there's going to be a debate, I think, internally about, oh, hey, do you go out there and and go get an outside player like a Patrick Queen if you're Seattle, or do you keep Jordan Brooks? But I just think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, Mike McDonald was Patrick Queen's guy. Patrick Queen is Mike McDonald's guy. He can go over there in Seattle and kind of have his own defense, quote-unquote. I don't want to say, like, the shadow of Roquan because I don't think he was, like, living in the shadow. But Roquan and Patrick Queen, both ones, but Roquan was 1A. Patrick Queen was one B. So I do think that the best logical landing spot for Patrick Queen is in Seattle. And look, the Ravens were preparing for this, right? They drafted Trenton Simpson in the third round last year. So I think they understood this was a possibility. So they, they did prepare themselves for it. Geno Stone, I think is kind of the same situation where you have Marcus Williams, you have Kyle Hamilton, Geno Stone went on NFL network and essentially said, yeah, you know what? I, I want to be a starter. I want to go somewhere where, you know, the fit is right. Business is business. But he did call Baltimore always home. But again, I, I just don't think the right fit is there. If Seattle doesn't bring back Quandre Diggs, there's a possibility he could go there. I see maybe more like a Chicago or just a, a place that needs a, a starting safety, a, a rangy ball hawk guy. He's not going to wow you in run defense or wow you as a tackler. But for somebody that can maybe just be your single high safety, play that way. And he's earned a starting role. I mean, he has the past two seasons filling in for Marcus Williams when he was out with an injury. That That's something that, you know, the, the Ravens were able to not have an, a severe drop-off in play from their defense because Geno Stone was able to fill in. So well-deserved earned payday wherever he gets it from. Jadavion Clowney and Kyle Van Noy. I mean, both those guys, you can honestly plug them in a lot of different places as veteran pass rushers. I probably think one returns to the Ravens, whether it's Clowney or Van Noy. I feel like Van Noy is more likely than Clowney. I feel like both guys want to win and the Ravens give both guys an opportunity to win. But I just feel like with what Kyle Van Noy brought to them and and Clowney brought great things too. I'm not saying they didn't, they both didn't, they both did. But to me, I don't know. I just, I just feel like Jadavia and Clowney might be on the way out and Kyle Van Noy might stay. But honestly, that's not one where I'm going to like identify a specific team. But I don't know if you're Anthony Weaver worked with some of those guys and, and worked on some of their pass rush moves and stuff. I know Chuck Smith with the outside linebackers coach and he still is, but Anthony Weaver also had a hand in things there as well. So maybe one goes to Miami, maybe Clowney goes to Miami and follows Weaver. So we'll see there. cornerback wise, Arthur Millette and Ronald Darby. I could see one of those guys following Denard Wilson, for example, to Tennessee. I think again, they bring back one of those guys. Both guys are a payday. I mean, they did Darby was awesome. Millette was awesome. So both those guys are going to, figure to go out there and earn a payday. now again i'd i'd be trying to re-sign ronald darby if i were the ravens arthur Millette was good but i think you can find another nickel cornerback elsewhere darby's outside corner depth was really important for them especially with all the injuries they went through this past season nothing Millette wasn't but I, I think having that drop off would have been a lot more detrimental to the defense for for darby not being there and how good he was and also just how poor rock Asin was it was honestly he should have Flip contracts with those two guys, honestly, right? But I don't know. It just it feels like to me that at this point Darby might stay and Millette might go, but we'll see how that happens. Other than that, I mean, you have guys like uh like like Brent Urban, who I could see coming back in a in a depth role, like being a depth piece for them. Malik Harrison, I could see going elsewhere. I could see them maybe re-signing Delshawn Phillips and then Malik Harrison goes to maybe be uh, you know, a starter elsewhere. He has versatility as well. The Ravens, you know kind of coached him up at Sam linebacker a little bit on the outside. So that's one as well. Now, our Darius Washington is a restricted free agent. I expect him to be back. Maybe if Arthur Malette leaves, he's your nickel corner and, and you can do something with him there. I feel like they're a Worley also. I feel like his best fits with the Ravens. They just, The Ravens love their Worley. It's just, you you can tell they love them. So it's going to be interesting to see who the Ravens retain, who they don't, but this class is, is really good. And coming up in the final part of the show here, we're going to be talking about, how many guys that might actually lose, but why? Again, it's not a doomsday scenario if they do. So be sure to stay tuned and a lot to get to on this episode of Locked on Ravens. First, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp, and this next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes we don't need the opportunity to get something off our chest. Big or small, certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased in your life. So today I want to say how I really feel about something. You might even be thinking about the same thing this week, and we just talked about it. In that segment, there, I think for the Ravens, you got to bring back just another BK. You do, you know, I've, I've talked about it a lot. But I just feel like it's too important, too valuable to the Ravens to so let go. If, if you let them walk out that door, you're, you're creating a huge hole in your defense. I feel really, really strongly about just Matti VK staying with the Ravens. Hopefully, they get it done. And therapy can be different for everyone. Most of us have bigger problems in our favorite sports teams. And it's important to get things off your chest every once in a while. If you're thinking of starting therapy, get better help to try. It's entirely online. is going to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash lockdown and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash lockdown. We're back. Our final statement on Locked On Ravens, Kevin is still talking with you here on this Friday. We're doing a bonus episode for for programming notes. Again, just want to remind everybody we did do our 6 a.m. episode for Friday. That is out. We're doing a bonus episode now so that an episode will be available on Monday. Now, we're still going to do our Monday episode. It's going to come out at 6 a.m. regularly on YouTube, but it'll be out around 12 or 1 p.m. Eastern time in audio form, because on the back end, we're shifting how we actually distribute our podcasts out. So we're not going to have access to that new database until about 12 or 1 p.m. Eastern time. And I'm not going to be able to schedule it ahead of time. So I figured just for the sake of having an episode out in the morning for Monday, if you're, you're checking back in, you'll have that this this bonus episode for Friday. But then Monday, you will still have the, uh, the 12 p.m. out time for that Monday episode. It'll be out if you want to listen to it earlier. It'll be out at normal time On YouTube, so really appreciate everybody for tuning in today. You can subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on audio form. Really helps out a lot. We're free here, and it's the same show, audio and video. You can follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram at CashShaker34. Really appreciate all the support here as we're continuing to grow on Locked On Ravens. But I think there's a lot of worry in the fan base right now, and look, I, I understand. It's it's a really big free agent class, really talented free agent class, and the Ravens didn't win the Super Bowl, right? I think we'd be we'd be singing a different tune, we'd be having a different conversation if. The Ravens had won the Super Bowl and they had lost all these coaches and they were going to lose all these players in free agency, or at least we're expecting them to. And we would say, look, you know what? This is what happens, but they got the job done. And it's okay. That they, they, they were able to finish the job, and those guys did what they were supposed to do. And of course, they're gonna get hired away. And it's a it's an easier, it's an easier thing to accept, right? But I think that they didn't win the Super Bowl, and you know, you're you're going and you have to see all these guys leave. It's like, well, what could have been? What could have been if they stayed for the extra year? But it's not a doomsday scenario here for the Ravens. I understand it's not ideal. I understand that there is going to be some learning curves, especially when you're talking about defensive coordinator, for example, with Zach or him, him not having play calling experience. That's going to be something that it's going to have to take some time. I mean, it's, it's going to have to. Mike McDonald, he had the play calling experience over at Michigan for a year. And again, it wasn't like, you know, NFL play calling experience. And we saw some learning, some learning curves, some growing pains from Mike McDonald there first couple of weeks of his defensive coordinator tenure. But now you're going to have to maybe have a Trenton Simpson in there for Patrick queen. And Simpson is much more inexperienced than Patrick queen show some flashes, especially against Pittsburgh. That was a really good game for him. But you know, next to Roquan, I think it'll be a lot easier, but you know, he, he is not Patrick queen at this stage in his career. Hopefully he gets to, you know, a point like that, but He's not at this point with a guy like uh, Madubike. He's not going to be on a rookie contract anymore. Whether he, you know, leaves, which again just should not happen, but if he's on the franchise tag, if he signs a big money extension, that's just what it is. The Ravens have to kind of structure their roster a bit differently, especially when you have Lamar Jackson in the fold and what his contract is. It's the biggest contract in Ravens history. The Ravens have not had a contract like that on their books over the course of their franchise history, so they're going to have to figure out. And they they have an idea, and Eric Casas talked about it during his end season press conference. I mean, he he understands, and the team understands that they're not going to be able to hand out, you know, a five-year, seven million dollar contract like they did to the Marcus Williams here. But they do have avenues to to gain cap space. I think a lot of people look at where the Ravens are currently situated right now, with Baltimore having, for example, the potential to go out there and, and use that $50 million in post June one cut savings from Ronnie Stanley, if that happens or the potential of cutting its highest bowser, they look at that, but then they also look at, Oh, well, okay. This team only has three to $7 million in cap space. They have avenues. They have plenty of avenues to go, whether it's extension candidates, cut candidates, restructure candidates, they, they have all of it. So whether it is a bowser who I just said, or Patrick Ricard or Morgan Moses or a Stanley, they, they do have options and, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do because they are going to probably bring in a free agent or two, right? They sometimes wait it out like that. That's sometimes the Raven experience where the whole first day, two years ago in free agency, nobody was signed. Right. And, and the whole talking point was, oh, did the Ravens fumble the bag? Did they, did they make a mistake by not signing anybody? And then the second day they signed Marcus Williams and Morgan Moses. And I mean, technically like Zedaria Smith was in there too, in those first couple of days, so they they sometimes just wait it out, but then you have the situation. It's not gonna be like last off season, where the Ravens were so tied down from the Lamar situation. I'm honestly I'm looking forward to just a normal offseason. Like it was it was just so not normal last offseason with every day being Lamar Jackson this, Lamar Jackson that. Is he getting traded? Are they gonna franchise tag him? Well now they franchise tagged him. What comes next? Is he gonna sign an extension? Is he gonna be the quarterback? It was just constant Lamar Jackson talk. And because he wasn't signed, the Ravens couldn't really make big moves because they had to figure out, well, if we sign this guy and then sign Lamar, are we, we going to have enough money? How is the contract going to be structured if we sign a big ticket guy first and then Lamar, are we going to have to maneuver around some, some doors here that we might not have had if we just waited? So that's why the Ravens didn't do anything for about the first, what, three weeks of free agency. And then Nelson Aguilar comes in and then Odo Beckham comes in. So – I mean, it's it's a process, but it's not going to be a process like last off season where everything was so tied to Lamar Jackson's contract. Now, the Ravens are still a good team. They still have a lot of talent. They still have Lamar Jackson, and I think that's the most important part. But I'm not going to sit here and, and tell you that you know losing Patrick Queen won't sting, or losing Geno Stone won't sting, or if it's Madubike that oh we'll we'll talk about that. That's going to sting. But losing losing some of these free agents is going to be tough. But the Ravens have put together plans. They have understood for a while now what this what this free agent class would have meant. And I think obviously it has been escalated because of how good so many guys played for him. But that's just the reality of the situation right now is Baltimore is going to have to undergo change. And no two teams are the same, right? No team from one year to the next has the exact same roster has the ability to go and just say, we're going to run it back completely. There are draft picks to come in there are free agents to go. There are guys that retire. It's just, there are so many different avenues for teams to be different. And that's not even talking about the coaching staff. So the Ravens have made a couple of hires, mostly from the college ranks. So we're going to see those guys step in the NFL opportunities. Now with the Ravens, all, all all good things, all highly respected guys. And uh, you know, you can tell by the fan bases of those college programs that they're, they're, they're sad that those guys are are gone, but at the end of the day, the Ravens, they're, they're going to be okay. The AFC is going to be different, right? Like you you can't guarantee that they're going to go 13 and four again. They're going to be the top seed in the AFC again. It's, it's, it's a new year, you know, teams are resetting. Teams are also adding teams are also getting better. So it's not just the Ravens. who are looking to improve. It's everybody, but, They're also going to be in the mix with some guys, and I'm excited to see how it plays out for them. So I have you here today, though, locked on Ravens. Thanks so much for tuning in. Again, we'll be right back here on Monday, 6 a.m. on YouTube and 12 p.m. in audio form. So usually we're 6 a.m., 6 a.m., you know, we're just 6 a.m. all the way through. But again, the back end thing is what we're dealing with right now. So I'll see you right back right here on Locked on Ravens soon, talking more Ravens football. Be sure to subscribe, follow along in audio form, the whole nine yards. See you right back here soon on Locked on Ravens.